So hi, this podcast is recorded in a house with animals, and because windows have been open, they are not paying much attention to us tonight, they are paying attention to the windows. Although it is possible frogs will start calling and we'll hear that through the windows. That is true. Chickens are asleep. Cats are mostly asleep, except for the ones in the windows, and I have no idea where the dogs are right now. Ernie's on the bed. Of course he is. Pretending he's not on the bed. So yeah, expect interruptions. Interruptions happen. It's just a fact of life around here. And thinking of facts of life around here, we swear a lot. It's true. We are warning you now that we swear a lot. And while we should not be getting into any territory that would be considered, and I quote, adult material or explicit material, we're going to use language that Apple does not like you to use in things marked clean. And so we have to mark it explicit. PG-13 is roughly what we're going through without the, you know, the topless women. Uh, so. Yeah, don't look at me when you say that. I'm no, wearing I'm, a shirt. I know you're wearing a shirt. That's the that's the, the whole thing. It's like that's the weird thing about PG thirteen is you can get a PG thirteen with not from excessive violence, but from naked people or partly naked people, and it's it's one of those weird things. Like, no, that should totally be PG thirteen when they just blew his head off. But why is it only rated PG? So, oh wait. Now there's now there's a, a a person with their shirt off. Now it has to be PG thirteen. Anyway, my shirt says tweens read. It does, it does. That that was a bit of a diversion and not actually related to productivity. Hi, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode eighty three. If you are expecting a linear timeline in terse Hemingway, Hemingway like prose, <laughs> you are so screwed. Yeah, this is this is not going to be that. But we will talk about how we don't create terse Hemingway-like prose, I'm thinking. Uh, um, all right, that was a bad segue. Wait, was that supposed to be a segue? I have no idea. What were you segueing to? That's the problem. I have no idea. You can't just throw a segue out. It's like it's like making an opening, you know, like like going in one end of a wormhole and then just hoping the other end doesn't come out in a black hole and it's just flapping untethered through space and you could end up anywhere, including Isn't, the really shitty dimensions. That's basically my idea of what going through a wormhole is in any particular case. And that's why we should never go through wormholes. Right. Stay away from wormholes, Kevin. I plan to. All right. This has been Productivity Alchemy. You've gotten your advice for the day. No wormholes. Let's leave. No. Okay. <laughs> no, because we. I've got a great interview. Oh, okay, yes, interview, good. But we're not going to do that right away. Okay. That Yeah, no, I talked to Mira in Queensland. Ooh, Australia? And yeah, yeah, and it was amazing. Uh, she gave me some some tips about where to go, and we, we talked about different, how she has managed to keep herself organized while working for the government and dealing with, like, she works for the road industry, and it's great. It's fascinating. We're going to get to that in a little bit. First, first, though, yes. How has your week been? Actually, my my week has been not bad. I'm going through those bouts of I kind of want to do something, but I don't know what, and crawling through job lists looking for jobs. I've applied to two this week. I've found a couple more that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Like one, it's like, yeah, here's this list. I'm like, this is perfect. This is great. This is a company I want to work for. This is a remote position in my skill set. And I'm like, apply. And they're like, sorry, that position is no longer available. And I want to scream at the website. I might have screamed at the website. You weren't home. That Then why is it still on the website? So, But I found a new app. 
and it's it's been really cool. It's called Hunter, H-U-N-T-R, and I'll link it in the thing. And it's designed around job hunting. Hmm. That's its specific kind of specific focus is for people like me who are looking for jobs. And it uses a Kanban style board. That is, it's got columns and it's got little cards that you move from column to column. And you like you can be on a website. There's a plugin, so I there I can be on a website and uh, I can tap a button in Chrome. It's a Chrome plugin. Sorry if you're not using Chrome, and it will pop up a little. Hey, let's add this job to your board. And by default, it comes with things like this is the wish list. This is the places you've applied to. This is the places where you've interviewed at. This is places where you got rejected or accepted. It's pretty cool. And so I've been using that to sort of build the action list now of places I want to apply. Or in the case of two jobs this week, places I've already applied. Groovy. And, you know, it's actually, there's this, there's a little satisfying bit when I take something from wish list into applied. Right? And maybe I'll take, be moving it from applied to rejected. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll move it from applied to interview. You know, it's it's really slick, and I'm going to link that in the show notes. I believe it's H-U-N-T-R dot I-O. And you said something earlier about uh, revamping your resume. Yeah, so, and I'll get into more of that in a couple weeks. Okay. Because I had a sit-down, was it last week or the week before I had a sit-down with Dino? You're asking me to keep track of linear time. That's true. I, but uh, Dino and I had a, had a sit down. We had another two and a half hour talk. Uh, but this time it was about his experience, both as someone who's looking for jobs as someone who's and someone who's hiring. And we got a whole bunch of really good stuff in there. And I can't wait to bring that to everybody. But there's also kind of I, I have other stuff lined no, up Tordy, before we get there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, Tordy's getting ready to jump onto the. Hi, Torty. I don't think she can make that jump. She can totally make that jump. It's what kind of a mess is she going to make when she makes the jump is the question. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. I just saw pain and screaming in someone's future. Anyway, that's that's a show I'm really excited to be bringing everybody, but um, I do have, you know, I have a plan. I have an order of, of episodes, and so I think we'll have that one air in about three weeks. But have you actually revamped your resume? I have not. What I have been doing, though, is I've been starting to call things. Like, I went and I looked at, like, I get, here's a productivity drain for me. I get three or four emails, alerts, whatever, for jobs that have absolutely no bearing on me anymore. I have not been a job, I've not been a Java developer for over a decade. Matter of fact, I don't think, let's see, when was I last a Java developer? 2002. So it's been a really long time. And yet I still get, we need an immediate Java developer. Um, Is that because you have Java developer in your resume? Yes. So yeah, that's a thing to slice out. That's then. Yeah, that's a thing to, to like slice out and take the keywords out. And then it's things like, the one that's, the, the more frustrating one is when it's like, here's the job, it's sort of in my field, so it, it may be a little bit of a stretch, but it may be applicable, and it's for New York. Or Seattle. I've been getting four alerts a day for new positions posted in Seattle. Now, I've never lived in Seattle. You've worked in Seattle. I Yeah, but even then, it was sort of like I visited, I would work for a week or two, and then I would come home. It's just that since the company was located in Seattle. Oh, of course. Right? Then, obviously, I must be in Seattle. Right. Right? It's sort of like the, oh, because I worked for a company that was in New York City – 
obviously I'm in New York City. Gotcha. And because somewhere in there I have federal experience or whatever, I or worked for for on a federal contract as a federal contractor, I get all this stuff for like Herndon, Virginia, and the D.C. area, and um, just outside of Baltimore because that's where the federal government, like the bulk of the federal government, is. Right. And they're all like, "Oh no, 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 no." Here it is. And it's, I have to sort through all of these. And then comes the next phase, which is okay. So let's eliminate the ones that are just right out because at this point, I never want to work in the federal government again. It was just too much. It's been too much of a pain over the last couple of times. I have a lot of friends who work there and they can do it and good for them. But I think I'm done with working for government entities in terms of actual government NGOs, maybe we'll, we'll, that that's under consideration. But even when I'm finding things that aren't in that, and it's like, I had one this week. It was like, Hey, yeah, no, this is a job. It remote is okay. And I'm like, yeah, remote. Okay. Now we're talking and remote. Okay. And theirs was, you have to be able to visit the office three times a week. The other two days, we don't care where you work, but you have to sit in your chair you have to come into the office three days a week. And I'm like, that is not remote. No. That is that is not, no. And I spent a, a chunk of time, I'm on a Slack with a whole bunch of DevOps and sysadmin type people. And there are everything from entry level to senior people like me to managers to recruiters. We all hang out there and we shoot the shit. And we have a section that's basically for people looking for jobs. Like sort of a someone has a job, they can put it there. It goes into a Google spreadsheet that they can fill out. And then we can all look at it and comment on it and things like that. And I took the time. I was It was either Thursday or Friday. I think it might have been last Thursday. I sat down and I fixed all of the data in it because it was driving me crazy. Because there would be things like in the remote column, it would say things like, yes, one day a week. or uh, And there's a, there's a restrictions column right next to it for people to fill out things like, you know, remote one day a week in the restrictions or mostly but 80% in the office or DC area only, like okay, I can maybe understand if you're okay with somebody working all the time, but you want them in the DC area. We had a couple of requirements like that uh, two jobs ago for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I can kind of understand that, but they had this, they had a, a breakdown of remote jobs versus non-remote jobs and all this, like a pretty graph. And all of these different entries were driving me crazy because there would be this swath of no with a capital N and then a swath with no with a lowercase n. And then the one outlier that is all caps and O. And then there's the one that's yes and yes and yes. And and then there's all the like little ones for everything else. And I just sat there one afternoon after I brought Jake home. And for the good of the community, I sat down and they'd had a little sign on the on that graph saying we really need to normalize this data. I've been on this Slack for like a year and a half now. And I was just like Maybe, yeah, maybe it's getting close to two years now, whatever. But I was just like, fine. And I just sat down there and I cleaned all that data up just out of my own frustration with it. And what I found is that there are actually, or there have been since the spreadsheet was created, a lot of remote jobs, right? 100% remote. Like when it says remote, okay, the answer is yes. And that means, yes, you, you can work from home remotely all the time. There are a smaller number, but not insignificant number of some remote, 
where it's, yes, you have to show up in the office X number of days a week, but you get one or two days remote every week. Then there were the no's. <laughs> and at the moment, the no's still really outweigh every other, like, not combined, but no alone is still the number one, the biggest answer there. Yeah, and most people want button chair. Yeah. Uh, and there was a maybe there was a maybe because there were several who'd said, well, maybe we can work something out remote if it's the right candidate, Yeah, which, which is also understandable. Right. And the thing I've noticed is that this is, there, there's like two sides to this. There are people who are just like screaming, especially in the Valley, especially in areas like Seattle about how they just can't find talent how they absolutely can't find talent and it's driving them up a wall. And then there are a lot of us go out here just screaming, not screaming in the wilderness, like standing outside their buildings going, we can, we, I am perfectly qualified, but I'd have to be remote. And they're like, I have no idea where we're going to find these people. And there's hundreds of us lining outside with our resumes going, but what about remote? And the thing is a lot of companies haven't figured out remote. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of understand that. But even the ones who have, even the ones who have like a completely remote sales team or a completely remote like support team or something like that, oh no, system administrators and developers, they have to be in, in the building. Probably they want you to be able to go in and lay hands on the machine and do that thing you do. No, because all of our machines, at least in my the field I've been working on for the last several years, don't exist. They're Amazon or Google Cloud Engine or they, they are not physically present. The days when I would have to go in and put a server in a rack and cable it and all of that stuff for what I do are principally over. I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it comes down to, um, it, I think it comes down to trust, right? If you're an organization, if you're a small company that started with a, a friendly remote policy or where, you know, it was you and your buddy started the company and you didn't have anywhere else, so you'd work from home and call each other or FaceTime or whatever all day long, you get it. You understand how to work that way. A lot of times it's companies that are like on a break point and they've got, they've had, maybe they've had funding and the VC, the venture capitalists, oh, they want butts in chairs. They want to make sure that the people who they're paying for are actually working on things. Sometimes they don't. It depends on the VC firm. Older money VC firms tend to be a little more traditional and you should all be in the office. Um, I was talking to a friend who was looking to get venture capital for their company. But one of the stipulations was that all of their employees had to be in the same city. Like, if they got the venture capital, the VC firms were literally saying, all of your people have to move here and work here. Yeah. And it's it's kind of ridiculous. So, it's even worse because I'm starting to hear now rumors across the industry of larger scale layoffs or companies trickling out people. A friend of mine at my job two, two jobs ago, she got let go today. Right. She had, and she was in IT. She had processed a lot of people's terminations. And I was like, she's like, we, we seem to have a lot of people leaving. And it started to sink in that a lot of companies now, instead of doing, you know, the big layoff like IBM used to or 
call it EA has done or any of the big companies have done, companies are starting to stagger them and let them out in ones and twos over the long course of time because it looks better. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, another friend of ours lost their job last week, right? And it was the ultimate dick move because not only did they lose their job on the last day of the month, but that meant that the company could cancel their health insurance. An American company, an American employee, they could cancel their health insurance the same day they fired them. Yeah. That's a dick move. It really is. Especially in this weird space where, at least in the U.S., where health insurance is generally tied to employment or self-funded. And let me tell you something. Self-funding is expensive, even with Obamacare. Yeah, uh, what was it? We worked out your your total unemployment paid for one month of insurance. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the unemployment uh, I made in October, November, and December paid for one month of health insurance on one of the lowest tier uh, ACA, um, uh, you know, uh, Obamacare, basically, uh, in the marketplace. No, that's it, for three people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But which, you know, is honestly still better than what I was looking at for one person 10 years ago, but right. it's still it's still a lot of it's money. It's still brutal. And unemployment is so low. I mean, and I, and do you only yeah. get 3 months worth now? I don't know how much I get now. But yeah, it's 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 a weird place cuz they're like, "Yes, we're trying to help you get a job, but they don't care whether it's a good job or a bad job. All they care is it's a job job." And so, you yeah. know, digging ditches for minimum wage is uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's it's it's the laws around it are very weird and because of the and I'm putting this in air quote, improvements, thanks to the Reagan era, uh to, you know, get people working it's significantly harder to maintain unemployment than it used to be. Right. Right. There was a whole thing, actually, I want to say uh, five years ago here in North Carolina, where they were so worried and in the middle of the damn, you know, the big recession with all the mess going on, they were worried about people um, uh, abusing it and not doing it, that they had people literally having to come in every single week with written down on paper where they had applied for jobs and what the results were. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's horrific, right? It's the, I, I want to work. People want to work, but the system makes it almost to the point where it's not that I, I want to work in my field, but they would much prefer I just work and make money, whether it's minimum wage or not. Even if you can't live on it because you yeah. have, you know, dependents and insurance that cost more than you Yeah, know, it would be better it in I guess for the for the, the unemployment statistics, it would be better for me to be employed at a minimum wage job on welfare than to be unemployed. Yeah. And that's fucking ridiculous. So On that happy note On that happy note, let's talk about a country that has a real healthcare plan. I did things this week, too. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Uh, talk about the things you did this week. I mean, you finished a book somewhere in there, right? Yes, I did. I finished a book this weekend. Mm -hmm. and yes. uh, Then you took a couple days off. I tried. Yes. Your couple I, days off involved moving mulch and... Um, and I bought several galvanized steel planters. Yes. And yeah. Oh, and we got the big scoop of cow poop. Two scoops. Two scoops of cow poop, yes. Yeah. Uh, front loader tractor scoop. Yeah, our, yeah, our friend Tucker over at Lily Den Farms, they were having their compost sale, which is basically, here's all the cow poop from last, like, 
spring, summer, and fall that's just been sitting in the backfield cooking. And if you drive your truck up for 10 bucks a scoop, you can take home all the poop that will fit in your truck. And so we paid 20 bucks for two scoops, and then we came home and we got all of it out of the truck. Yep. And I've been shoveling it onto things and into planters. And, and it is full of worms and the chickens are so happy. Yes. That was my big celebration of finishing a book. There you go. Uh, that and the planters. planters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have simple needs. <laughs> um, yes, I finished a book and I still have another book that has to get done. So I didn't go immediately into who am I now that I am not writing a book. <laughs> this because is true. I'm like, I'm the person who has to write this other bloody book. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not done yet. Oh, no. Yeah, th yeah. this is the uh, the one in December, one in February, one in March has been a possibly the most brutal writing schedule I've ever kept. And yeah. I have pulled it off so far. The plates are still spinning. I've put a couple down. Let's see if I can get this last one to, to get together. And... Uh, that's basically what I've been doing is writing a lot. And then the la for the last few days, I didn't write so much. And it's interesting that it really is kind of a, I mean, to a certain extent, it's like a muscle because I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I wrote a thousand words. That's my minimum. I, I am mm. not sitting here trying to write 2000 words. And then I got home and screwed around on another project for a thousand words. So, you know, go figure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's there. And mm -hmm. I had kind of a ups, not an upset week, but with the trying to take Monday off because I finished the book, and then having major dental, like it, it shouldn't have been it major. It was yeah. just a cleaning, but it was a really brutal cleaning with a very um, enthusiastic. I believe you said uh, she. She was she, my hygienist is young and new, and the fires of zealotry still <laughs> burn in her heart. And I know. <laughs> no, that that's just a trait of hygienists. I don't know any who aren't basically zealots about getting your teeth as clean as human. Yes, but Marion, who has been a hygienist for God knows how long, and is, like half the town, and is the sweet, yeah. kind person they send in to small children who are scared. Right, and that's the thing. Like there are grown ass adults who have been going to her since they were those small children. She is, yeah. And I'm frequently a grown-ass adult who's scared because dental work is still scary. Right, right. But she's a zealot. She oh, will yeah. apologize while she knows she is hurting me to get that very, very last little bit off my teeth. Oh, yeah. No, this, this she had spotted a, a chunk of calculus, it's mm -hmm. called, which, which is not the math, but something else. And it was like... She went after it with a hammer and tongs and the little vibrating pick <laughs> of death. And and I'm like, you know, she's like, I'm so sorry. You're you're doing really well. I have to get this out. And then at one point she was like, okay, look, I, I can tell you're obviously in pain. And I, I know this is this is rough and, and you're nearly you're pretty much done. Are, are, can I please try to get it out? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I can't stand between a woman and her dream. So I. I didn't grit my teeth because that would have been counterintuitive, but uh, <laughs> I uh, I did the thing where you pinch the webbing of your between your thumb and and forefinger because it's excruciatingly painful and your brain can only carry one set of pain signals at a time. So you can, if you you know, inflict terrible pain on yourself in that one spot, override some of the pain in your mouth. Look, it works. It's horrible, right. but there you go. Yeah. Uh, and by God, she got it, and she like cheered. And 
there was another bit and she was like, you are taking that bit to your grave with you. And I'm like, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Right up until Marion sees it. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I, uh, and then I went home with a headache, the likes of which, you know, the gods inflict on mortals for hubris kind of headache. And uh, so, yeah, yesterday was kind of shit. But, uh, but yeah. Wait, yesterday was Tuesday, right? Yeah. Because we recorded on Wednesday. Yeah, that's correct. So today was like my first totally normal day of work, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm happy about it, and it feels good, and I did it, and it was great, and when I'm done recording this, I can lay in bed and play No Man's Sky without guilt. You can. You yes. very You very well can. And I did a lot of other little fiddly stuff that I need to get done, like paying for my car insurance and yeah. getting my registration in and, you know, sending in things and... But it's 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 been one of those weeks that I will not remember in a month or two, but it mm -hmm. wasn't terrible and I yeah. got mulch out of it. Yeah. No, and a lot of mulch and I I uh I appreciate that. Yes. Even when I'm downwind of it. <laughs> Cuz it it still has it still has some cow smell to it, let me tell you. Yeah, the uh, the the truck is uh Still a little fragrant. Life hack for those who have uh, not realized this: put down a tarp in the truck. Oh yeah. Uh, you'll still get some cow poop in the back of the truck, but it's so much easier to clean out. And, and it was easier to get the, the once. Yeah, once you've got most of it off, you just haul the tarp out and dump it, you know, yeah. on top of the pile, saving you some work there. So yeah, tarp down. Yeah, that was actually one of the the better things we did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a life hack. There's a life hack for you. Yeah. All right. I, I actually. This is a silly one, but I, I actually had an epiphany of a life hack earlier this this week myself. And um, it's – you're going to laugh at me. But you know how I've got like three different bags? I've got the international travel bag. I have my con bag and I have my daily bag kind of thing. Yes. Yes. And how when I'm changing between them, sometimes you'll watch me just like, oh, it'll be a minute as I'm moving pens from one to the other. I see your eyes rolling. Yes, I know exactly of what you speak. I yes. have narrowly refrained from hurling you and the bag and the pens out the window on at least one occasion. Yes. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like, this is, you know, I wish there was a way I could just move them so easily. And then it dawned on me. Pocket protectors. Put all the pens in a pocket protector and just move the pocket protector with the pens in it from bag to bag. Are any of these pens extraordinarily expensive? No. Then why don't you just buy three of each? Because there's extraordinarily expensive and then there's, I really like this one and it is, has, and it's the one I use. There are some that it's like, yeah, buy three of each. There are some that it's like, I keep a box of, so that if somebody walks off with a pen, who cares? But All right. No, that's fine. You that's know. fine. You you do you, man. Yep. You are the expert on what works best for you. But like, yes, there is one pen that is kind of expensive that I am not paying for three of each. All right. That's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. You're an adult. You, yeah. you, you run your pen situation as you see fit. But I know a lot of pen people listen. Love yes. you guys. A lot of pen and ink people listen, and I'm sure you run into the same thing, or you're just like, I don't care if I have to unload the whole thing into a special tray when I get on the airplane. Or you can get, like, a pencil pouch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, if you're doing the, the uh, like, the fountain pens with the inks and all that stuff, it gets a little more creative. Only three ounces of ink per 
bottle and it all has to be in that little thing. Anyway, um, I have not gone that route yet. I'm I, not doing custom inks yet. I, um... Point being, if you're one of those people and you've got those, either you've got the expensive pens or you have a specific pen you use, or it's one of those things, dude, if you, if you're just gonna just get something to put them in to pick it up and move it easily and have access to. And for me, it's jet black pocket protectors. No white nerdy pocket protector for me. No minor gothen nerdy. You heard it here first, Internet. And so anyway. <clears throat> you have an interview. I have an interview. You're still gothen. Um, I am looking across the the office yeah. at your monitor that displays the time and your schedule. Yeah. And for I believe it has like uh, newspaper headings or or news article it, headings. It uh, feed off of uh, boing boing often, yeah. Yes, uh, that's why my eye was just caught by free shower for public urinator. Yeah, I haven't looked at that story yet, so, but it's certainly, um, certainly I have thing. nothing. Go to the interview. Yeah. Like everything has been driven from my mind like a screeching wind. So Mira works with the uh, as a geotechnical engineer for the state government of Queensland in engineering. Or the state government of Queensland and Australia. Public urinators. Yeah, um, she was awesome to talk to, uh, and so we're gonna cut over to that. We will be, and then we'll return after the interview. It's it's a little longer one, but man, it's worth it. It was so much fun. So there's that, and we'll have that for you right after this. Oh, hey guys! Before the music, I, I just realized I need to give you a content warning on this one, and that is that there is discussion of parenting. And unfortunately, bodily fluids, like we don't talk about that enough, as it were, but this one's a little more than normal. So those of you going in, just be warned, okay? Hi, folks. I am here with Mira Stapleton, who has kindly joined me from the land down under. You're supposed to laugh at that. You can, you can, you know, uh, make fun of me for using that terminology. Uh, Mira's in Australia, and so it's really awesome to talk to her today. Uh, Mira, can you do a better introduction of yourself and tell us a little bit about what it is you do? Okay, well, I promise I'm not going to say good day, mate. Even though Too I late. have said that, you just said that, yeah. In real life, <laughs> unironically, that is a thing that occasionally we say. But um, so, yeah, my name is Mira. I work for the state government in the road authority in Queensland, and I work as an engineer. But my specific field is geotechnical engineering. So that's oh, oh, cool. any engineering that's on, in, or with earth-derived materials. So that's like um, foundations, um, uh, cutting into things, building on things, building embankments. But my specific area, it's like it's like doctors. You know, you can start out as GP and then you've got other people that specialise and specialise and specialise. Same deal. So my specific area that I do in geotech is slope stability, which is landslides. Oh, so, wow. Um, 
I look at, I help the state of Queensland look at its road asset and how the um, slope stability might affect that. So that's like landslides in embankments or on top or rock falls or stuff like that. So um, it's it's really quite interesting. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons we have to do that is just a little bit of context. Queensland is really big. Australia oh, yeah. is really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia is like the size of continental US. Queensland is also mm-hmm. one of the largest states, but it's also pretty lightly populated. I think Queensland's population is just over 4 million. And it's also highly urbanised. So I think Queensland's like two and a half times the size of Texas, but there's 4 million people and it's also highly urbanised. Most people live in cities along the coast, along with a couple of communities inland, but you still need roads to connect that huge area, Yep. Um, but you don't have a massive tax base to pay for it. So obviously in the urban centres, we can afford very high quality infrastructure, but as you move out and as you move away from major freight connectors and major uh, community connectors, the funds start to get pretty thin on the ground. So we can't just go around and build everything to like a fantastically high standard and we've also inherited an asset that's like uh, some roads are 100 years old and they were basically bullet cart tracks that have been tarted up with a seal. So, um, <laughs> and that's sort of, it means that you've, we've got a lot of things that are, don't meet today's standards, but they still connect communities. And we sort of got to figure out, we can't just go, great, let's fix everything and build it all to 100% you know, new standards because we don't have the money. Or if you did, right. you'd have to like not spend that money on schools and hospitals and stuff like that. So what one of my jobs is we go around and look at all our slopes that are looking dodgy and figure out which one's the dodgiest and to try and prioritise where we spend our, our you know, preemptive um, works to try and make things safer for the community. Yeah. So, and, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, so and, and now we're going to tangent just a little bit. Do you guys have like – Aside from, like, really old infrastructure that I guess was inherited from, A, you know, uh, trails from the, the native population, and B, the British when they first colonized. <laughs> um, but are there, they're like, there's also other environmental concerns. I mean, uh, are there, I'm trying to remember the general, like, climate of Queensland, and, but is is there, like, uh, mudslides or sinkholes yeah. problems or yeah or, yeah okay one of the things that is fun about queensland is that um we get cyclones in some parts of the state mm-hmm. every year oh, in wow. the rest of the state it'll be like once every few years so um queensland and we call them national disaster events if they get if it gets classified as a national disaster that sort of unlocks some federal funding to for us to fix it up right and so queensland is the most disaster struck state in australia and um typically it's cyclones but it's also stuff like bushfires and flooding and things like that and i think there was i just i just wrote um a presentation on this a few months ago so it's all fresh in my mind <laughs> uh, i think we've had 50 disaster activations since in the last eight years um and so you have these in some parts of the state there are these old roads mm-hmm. um and so they start out like they're 100 years old now they're yeah. like dry stone walls that are 100 years old now and we've gone okay great let's put like big trucks and 50-seater coaches and, like, way more traffic that 
was never even conceived of when they were built. Let's put that on them. And now let's hit them with a cyclone every few years. And so we get, there are a number of like landslides that happen. Um, I think very luckily, again, partly because we are relatively sparsely populated, certainly mm. compared to the US. Um, yeah. There are a few fatalities associated with that. There definitely means ones associated with flooding, but not with land instability yet. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's been maybe a couple, but um, but there's definitely been occasions where, you know, a rock the size of a small car has landed on a large car and the family got out. You know, they, they were incredibly unlucky to be hit. You know, that's like a lightning strike type event. But having been hit, they were then even more lucky to get out unharmed. Yeah. So... So, you know, stuff like that does happen. So not only is the entire animal population trying to kill you in, Aust- <laughs> in, in Queensland, but also, like, the land itself. Yes, yes, yes. that's okay. right. I mean, you know, nature has had some words with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and fair enough. You know, look what we're doing to the Great Barrier Reef. So. Yeah, that's uh, okay, yeah. Um, um, all right. But, I mean, like, that's an urbanization thing. Like, for sure, I've seen snakes and... Um, Oh, fucking big ass spiders! Uh, and go out with that, but like for the most part in the cities, you don't really see you know that many kangaroos and stuff. That's part of the thing I like about my job is that I go out to look at typically at mountain roads that oh. because it's in the mountains they become a national park because it's too expensive to you know um, pillage the land otherwise. So um, I'd have I do have seen you know I think I saw my first echidna in the wild so I've Ooh. just turned forty and I saw my first echidna in the wild uh, so earlier this year yeah so it was, and that, that's the sort of thing like you don't nearly I mean I've seen dead echidnas on the side of the road but I saw a live echidna so I was yeah. like yes and of course our favorite um, uh, marsupial the wombat ah uh, yes yes the wombat do you know I read this online apparently they do square shaped poo they do cubicle yeah uh, yeah. And, and they're so, the only animal that does that. And I, I it is every time the, a new article comes up uh, about that. I mean, we've known that for years because anytime a wombat article comes up, somebody emails it to us or sends it to us on Twitter or something like that. But it's still fascinating to to look at like the new studies about well, wh- why do we believe the the poop needs to be a cube versus standard poop shape. And generally it's so that it doesn't roll off of wherever the wombat is marking their territory. So it's kind of like, you know, those like pyramids. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Poop pyramids. Well, I can't wait to tell my boys. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, hey, guess what? Guess what uh, is unique to this wonderful land we live in? Cubicle poop, not your poop, their poop. <laughs> Okay, so through all of that, <laughs> back back on track, um, how do you keep yourself organized, especially with the traveling and, you know, any hobbies or, or things you might have going on? Because I see what I believe is either a very large collection of games and a drum kit behind you, or... Uh, this is my husband's... I like to think of him as the Lego smog. Okay. So he collects Lego but it is not to be played with. Um, occasionally he'll bring out a set and we get to build it. And then we're like, well, where the fuck do we put it now? But um, yes, so that is my husband's enormous Lego collection. Um, <laughs> I think at least 40% of the reason we had kids was so that he could have an excuse to buy a lot of Lego. Gotcha. So, um, but um, so, well, as well as that, I've got two boys, mm-hmm. five and seven. So they're both in school now. Um the other thing I have to do is, 
as an engineer, I have to maintain a certain professional certification. Mm-hmm. So I have to do a certain amount of continuing professional development. Some people do this by like going to conferences or a certain amount of reading or in-house training, but I have actually preferred to do that. I found the most effective way is to do some further study. Mm-hmm. So I'm completing some post-grad study hopefully next year. So I do a couple of um, – I tend to do about two subjects a year. Um and the way that they work is you go away for a week. So instead of going and going to lectures once a week for like 10 weeks, you mm-hmm. go away and just for one week and you just have like five days of lecture in like a kind of fire hose effect. And then you go away and do the assignments and the exam. Mm-hmm. So again, at least like 40% of the reason I did that was because you got to go away for a week. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be so bad. So I go to Sydney, uh, I go to uni in Sydney, I go and meet my sisters, we go to like a gin bar a couple of times and um, like most of my to-do list just disappears because um, even though I'm keeping on top of work, there's nothing to do. I just get to look after myself in the hotel room. It's so great. So, yeah, so I do spend a fair bit of time as well um, keeping things, uh, me and my husband both, but there's like, Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, with kids five and seven, there's there's a fair bit to do. It's not as bad as when they were babies, but um, there's still a lot. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I agree. And and how do you keep all of that together? Like organized, like sort of well, through? I have a couple of, uh, a couple of Frankenstein sort of methods. Um, okay. I really like the planet pad. So okay. I'll just pull out. Now, one now, I like... No one is going to see this other than me. So yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> so I will hold it up and describe it while we're, we're going. So that's all right. Um, so the reason I like it is because it's not just a diary where you have, it's not just a calendar. Right. Um, right. it also has your to-do list. Like you, you can set up, mm-hmm. I think about eight different, like everyone has stuff that they're doing in different arenas of their life. Mm-hmm. And so you've got like, you know, 10 different to-do lists. So I've got four work to-do lists. I've got a to-do list for the kids. I've got a to-do list for the house mm-hmm. and I've got a to-do list for me, um, hopefully. And so what, I like about the planner bed is that you set out, you do out your to-do list, then you look at what you've got in your appointments. Like obviously, if I've got a meeting or I'm mm-hmm. travelling, I can't do much then. And then in between that, you can divvy up your to-do list with the time you've got available, and it lets me get a kind of holistic view. So I can say, right, okay, I've got an assignment due this week, so um, I'm going to be dialing back on a couple of work things mm-hmm. and. Maybe dialing, you know, we're probably not going to be going for super fancy dinners this week. You know, McDonald's may indeed make an appearance. So um, it lets me kind of balance things and sort of, so some things might have to be deferred or delegated or mm-hmm. just, you know, not done that week. Yeah. So I really like the planner bag because I like seeing things at a week at a time. Um, so you can kind of divvy things up through the week and I like thing, seeing to-dos across a number of different things that I have going on so I can balance that. So I really like the planner pad for, for general um, high-level figuring out. I also have to keep that diary anyway for work because um, it becomes a legal record like if you've issued advice or something or, yeah, and yeah. also for timesheets, good yeah. old timesheets. Oh, yes, uh, I do not miss them. And, and is that a specific brand or just, you know, whatever uh, monthly... Uh, I did used to use the Moleskin uh, week at a time one, but this mm. is called the Planet Pad, and I really um, they're not that popular. But I mean, the website is pretty it's pretty nineties, um, but <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't quite have like the flashing ants. But it 
you know. Uh, But I really do, I find it very good in trying to prioritise between multiple uh, Mm -hmm. arenas. So I really, really like that structure. So, And the thing is, I'm paying for shipping and the US Australian dollar um, conversion rate, which is really painful. So, and I've been doing it for about four years, so it's worth it for me. So (laughs) I I really do. Obviously, if you're in the US, it's a lot cheaper because you don't have to do either of those things. Um, so that's, that's for my kind of week at a time mm-hmm. look, um, for dailies, I still like Todoist. Oh um, yeah. 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 Sometimes Todoist is also, it's where to-dos go to die. I think the earliest thing that I haven't done was getting a clock fixed, which I put in as due in April, 2016. So I just like to look at that occasionally. <laughs> Dreams that were. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, uh, one of the things I, I like about it is you can, it, it can, uh, it does have some reminder functionality. So you could just say, okay, remind me about this or here, let's make this do in a month and then it'll come back around and not just sit there staring at me the entire time you know, and, yes, then, yes, and then let it age and then yep. say, well, make it do in another month. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like a, a to-do list for the gym that like, or an item mm-hmm. for the gym that has not happened. <laughs> But that's all right. Um, so, yeah, I like to do uh, to do this for dailies. I did try Habitica for a little while, but mm-hmm. um, I think I just like the simplicity of Todoist and I, I liked how it came up really cleanly on my phone. Um, and also, I think I'm just really, like, boring and nerdy. Like, it was enough <laughs> to tick it off that I was like, yes, I got to tick something off. <laughs> so that was good enough. I didn't even need to get, like, a little animal or a, or a weapon or armor or anything, just the ticking. Just the ticking. Hey, and and uh, different different tools for different people. There's no, uh, what does I say? If someone tells you this is the only way or the only tool to use, they're trying to sell you something. Probably that tool or that method. So, yes, yeah. yes. Um, although I will try and sell people the Planet Pad because it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out and I'll I'll link to the to the episode. And now we're recording this before the new year, but. Uh, since this should be airing somewhere around February, February is when I actually like to do all of my my talks about, okay, what are we planning for this year? Uh, Because the whole idea of the New Year's resolution is sort of aimed at being broken. There's like the whole joke around it. So I one, I don't do resolutions. And two, I usually take January to sort of think about the prior year and start working towards planning the next year. Which, you know, I really could be doing in December so that I had a plan out of the gate at the start of the year. It never really works out. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, January is always a wash. Well, see, in Australia, we don't have Thanksgiving. So right. our main Chris- our main holiday break for the year is around Christmas and New Year's. And then mm-hmm. everyone's kind of trickling back to work. So generally, January is quite often pretty slow. Unless we've yeah. gotten a cyclone, then it's busy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, one thing I did do mm-hmm. last year, and again, it was one of those kind of goal setting things, which I don't normally do yeah. because a lot of it was just like keeping head above water, same as usual. But there was something called, oh, what, what, I've still got, you know, <laughs> it, was some, it was called the year ahead. Like I liked it because it wasn't too woo woo or like. I'm not a particularly spiritual person. I'm gonna. Um, I, I I I just like that phrasing. It's not particularly woo woo. That's that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
so I liked it to try and think about okay what worked well last year and mm-hmm. what was good what what I, the reason I did it was because I was um, at the time tossing up on whether to apply for a promotion to director level or not which was like a management role mm-hmm. and I am eventually decided against it but that was one of the tools I used to try and figure out you know whether this was going to align with other stuff I wanted to get done or not. Yeah, so part of it, I, I guess, from what you're saying, part of it's sort of like the start-stop-continue exercise. Uh, what what things should I start doing? What things should I stop doing? What things should I continue doing because they're, they're I'm successful at them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and plus, I mean, you, 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 it also forces you to confront the fact that you're like, okay, this year I'm definitely, I want to focus on doing X, Y, and Z. All right, I've only done A, B, and C. And right. so you have to figure out, oh, okay, I said I wanted to spend more time with family and then instead I've done, like, this other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. I mean, I, with both um, parenting and work, there's huge cultural and societal, like, pressure. Not, I mean, yeah, well, pressure and also mm-hmm. incentives and kind of, like, societal rewards to overinvest. Yeah. In a way, like, you know, it's really easy to become a workaholic. It's also very easy to go bananas on the parenting end of stuff too. You know, there was some story that my sister just sent me from the Atlantic about uh, the problem where a lot of parents were going to school to have lunch with their children. And we were just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> unless it's a special day and you're invited. No, do not. No, yeah, for sure. No, no, no. If it was like yeah. Mother's Day or something or yeah. like, uh, I don't know, award day or something or end of year. But uh, no, this was like parents that like, they were trying to get to school like a couple of times a week to sit down and have lunch with their kids. So I was like, okay. Okay, um, yeah. Um not not happening here. No, no. Um, the the one time I showed up at my youngest son's school uh, to pay the like money owed for the school lunches because I had you know I worked from home. I could just drive up, take care of it, drive back home, and that way I wouldn't forget. I and I'd get away from my desk for for lunch, which is an important thing because I tend to just work straight through. But I show up and I've got on, you know, I've got on my my boots, I've got on my my leather jacket, you know, sunglasses, the head wrap, tattoos, the whole nine, walk in like and they're like, "Oh, do you want to say hi to Jacob?" I'm like, "Sure, why not? Where is he? He's over there." And I go over and I say, "Hey, you know, just stop to do this thing. Figured I'd say hi." He's like, "Okay, you know, let me fist bump." And as I this voice I hear in the background as I'm walking away, "Is that your dad?" <laughs> And it's I'm like, trying no, to figure I owe yeah. some money to the wrong people. Yeah. I'm like, either either I've just terrified a whole bunch of like fifth graders, or you know, I've just become like the coolest dad on the thing. Because most of the time when there were school activities, his mom was was uh would go, right? And I'd find out about it like the week before just the week before the week after when I wouldn't have time to ask for time off or anything like that. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that sort of stuff still happens. I mean, like I often get the call from school if something's happened instead of my husband and it's it's one of those again, it's one of those sort of cultural pressures that's really hard to turn around. Um and- since Jacob now lives with me full time to finish out high school, since his mom had to move away, um that has become much easier. Now they call me first. Because now we're very yeah, no, I you, you have to call me. She cannot drive the f- four hours from South Carolina to pick him up if he has an upset stomach or, you know, if he falls mm. down and, and breaks something, you have to call me because there's no one else to come get him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I mean, and that's the thing. It takes it takes work to swim upstream against mm-hmm. those things. And sometimes yeah. you've only got X amount of work in you, and you can't do the upstream swimming and the thing as well. So sometimes it, it that's one of the reasons why those kind of gendered labor divisions persist because mm-hmm. it's can you know sometimes you just don't have it in you to to say no no call you know or, you know no it's your turn or no you know sometimes yeah. you do but sometimes you don't and so that's why you end up kind of being the default expert in yeah. certain areas yeah and and um, we tried to we tried to divide it up because we shared custody when she was still here when she, I mean, by it's still here, I mean, she still lived like three miles from my house. And so we were doing a week on week off. So it was, uh, it was much more equitable in that case. So they could have called me like I was the backup call. And oftentimes they would call her first and then she'd be calling me going, can you go pick him up? Because I'm at work. And I'm like, yeah, okay, do what I got to do. Um, but we've had to kind of almost reeducate the school because Mm. she literally cannot drive to pick him up anymore. She is you know, all those hours away. So. Yeah. 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 And then, and also the other thing we do is we try and split up the person's name down. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Glenn, you take the dentist appointments. I'll take the doctor's appointments. <laughs> um, okay. You do tennis. You're, you're the contact for tennis lessons. I'll be the contact for gymnastics. And so it just, you yeah. have to kind of be a bit um, structural about it and strategic because otherwise it does like the default, yeah. You know, settings, you know, dominate. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, planet pad, the to do list. The year ahead. Um, yeah, the year ahead. I mean, that, 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 I, I didn't mind doing that. And mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the things that did help me figure out whether I was going to put my hand up for this, promo- you know, to mm-hmm. put my hat in the ring for this promotion or not. Um, the other thing I've just started doing, the boys now at the end of, now my youngest has just finished his first year of prep, which is probably your guys kindy. Uh, uh, I don't know. A preschool, kindergarten, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's actually like slightly literate, so we've done <laughs> like a big whiteboard calendar so Ooh. that they have some options too. So we can say, okay, you know, Tuesday it's tennis day. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get up early, or um, you know, when they say, what do you, ha- what are we having for dinner? I'm like, okay, go look at the whiteboard, um, and it just sort of it helps them a know what's going on because I mean. A lot of being a kid is having to stop doing something you're enjoying doing and going to do something you do not enjoy doing. Right. Uh, and so the more kind of warning – that's why routine is really important. And mm-hmm. the more warning they've got, the easier that's going to be. Not that it's always an easy sell, but yeah. – And, and it's, it's funny um... – that is it like in the technical side of things, you know, where I work on the daily thing, we would call something like that an information radiator, right? It's a spot everyone can go to to get information, whether it's a, a web page showing the status of various things or, like you said, a whiteboard with the latest updates on it. You know, it's something we use uh, in technology a lot more uh, or we're trying to use a lot more frequently because there's a whole lack of communication of, okay, the doesn't carry over if everything's emailed or in the much more face-to-face. You have to have these these things in place to spread the information, radiate the information, because a lot of it isn't being communicated in Slack channels, or maybe it's in the Slack, but maybe this guy's not on the Slack at that hour, so he doesn't see it, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's the same with, like, we, at, work, at work we use OneNote to, like, paste in a lot of kind of i mean i do work for the state government so you've got to fill out a form before you sneeze um right so 
we, we fill out a lot of shortcuts, a lot of like, you know, links to spreadsheets where job numbers are, links to spreadsheets where um, like contact details are, links to processes, and mm. uh, it cuts down on the same people getting asked. Um, right. And and my colleague actually, she she tells me, okay, the, the question is not where is, but where in OneNote is. <laughs> so so OneNote is your wiki, basically. Yeah, at work it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, I know uh, I so I, many businesses that have wikis that are just like, okay, we know it's in the wiki. And the search, now we have to search the wiki, which is a challenge in and of itself. Yes, yes. Yeah. Look, a number of our websites, there are actually other websites, but mm-hmm. the stake of websites were just so bad that we all just <laughs> built our own little one notes to show, you know, to, to paste all the things we needed because yep. the search yep. functions were horrendous. It was easier to go through Google than it was to, like, go inside oh. the website. Wow. So, okay, yeah. Uh, yes, ah, the government. I mean, we were still running Lotus for a while. When I um, when I worked for, yeah, I did a government contract with the federal government in the States, and yeah, Lotus was the requirement because it was the only thing that could meet the security requirements by the federal government, the security and archiving requirements mm, of the federal government. You know, because we have the same stuff. Any email I would send from that account, that was public record. Yeah, Had yeah. kept yeah. and archived, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, the other, so, yeah, we've got the whiteboard. Oh, so the other thing is, um, however, on the family side, my husband is a, um, electronic man through and through. If it's not in his electronic calendar, then, you know, it doesn't happen. Or there's, there's a lot of, um, shock and outrage when I'm like, okay, we have to go to the thing now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I also, we end up duplicating a fair bit of stuff like at a high level but we mm-hmm. put you know things that i've got in my list i will go and put in our shared calendar or one of the kids calendars or right. um you know we've got a travel calendar set up so that um we we as a family we can manage all those to do's as well so right. yeah um, it's a bit of duplication but um i found that i work personally better in analog but mm-hmm. um you know for on the go and for Glenn, it's got to be digital. So that's all right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly working on that with Ursula to the point where I realize if she has a digital calendar, I'm probably going to be the one maintaining it. So. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that means you get to pick the emojis to put in. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is very true. That is very, very true. And I can have so much fun with so many emojis. How many f- flashing uh, animated trash dumpster fires does she need on her calendar? Exactly. Oh, so many, so many. Um, the, the, this is fine, dog. <laughs> so with all of that, um, and we've talked a little bit about it, uh, what systems uh, and or habits are valuable as part of all of that? Uh, yeah, so this generally either a Sunday or a Monday, I'll sit down and do my weekly calendar for the week, like in okay. the planner pad and just see what's got, see what's on. Um, and I do my, I look at uh, Todoist multiple times a day. Um, that actually also started when, when we first had, when the kids were babies, we used this app called Baby Connect because it let you log a lot of stuff because they were always asking, okay, like if there was ever an issue, they'd say, okay, well, what time did the baby feed and, you know, how much are they feeding, all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, what, yeah. How are they sleeping? And like if you've got um, sleep deprivation, you can't remember any of that stuff. So we were using an app for it. But the reason I bloody loved that app was because – at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. the house would look like a bomb site and you'd be shattered and you'd be like, what the fuck did I even do today? But the app would show you, oh, no, wait a minute. I changed like 
14 nappies and, you know, we had three feeding sessions and, you know, we did this, this and this. So you can say, okay, wait a minute, I actually did do all that. Yeah, that, that uh, was not available when my kids were that young. Yeah, no, I, I did like that because at least it was a, a not to-do list, but a done list. So yeah, um, sort of like a so, sort of like a one of the journaling apps where it, it's sort of recording the things you're doing as you do them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think you know as a parent that can be. Um, you wonder why you're so goddamn tired, and then you look at it and you go, "Oh, that's why I am." Oh, so, I knew, I knew very vividly why I was so tired. Um, our oldest didn't. Not our, my oldest didn't sleep through the night until he was uh, over a year old. So I know exactly yeah. why I was why I was sleep deprived. <laughs> Neither Good my times. my ex or I slept for that first year. Really, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I reckon that it mucked with my sleep for years. Oh yeah, it's like we kind of we kind of got out the other side. And we're like, I know what we should do. We should have another baby. Uh, yeah, no. Like, no wait. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh. my youngest sister is um, expecting, and I think by the time this airs, she'll be just about due. And oh. um, I've been texting her back and forth, you know, you know what mm-hmm. to expect. This is what happens. And mm-hmm. immediately afterwards, I always go and talk to my colleagues who have – my female colleagues who finished having children, and we all agree that we are definitely finished having children. Uh, <laughs> Ursula never wanted them, and I was like, yay, <laughs> I don't have yes. to worry about more. Um, yes, and looking at the the level of detail um, that I've been texting my younger sister, and I'm like, oh my god, this is why they don't tell you, because <laughs> otherwise no one ever would. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little bit of that, and then you forget. You have to forget. That's why it blocks out of your memory by about the time they're age two, two or three, so that you yeah, have more yeah. than one. Yeah, 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 yeah ex- ex- exactly. Like mm-hmm. damn nature. Yeah. Oh well. All right. So oh. uh, systems and habits. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the other habit is um, I like to do um, – the one thing I have – I mean, that's the trouble with turning 40 is that um, your body starts to fight back against all the desk work and the uh-huh. pizza. So um, I do – the one thing I have been fairly rigorous about doing is stretching every day, and uh, it's like about 15, 20 minutes, and it's just every day, and that try that tries to – um, a, give me a bit of headspace, and B, um, I mean, look, sometimes I spend that headspace scrolling through Tumblr, but... Um, <laughs> That's, well, maybe not for much longer, but... Oh, my God, it's really early in the morning there. You didn't hear. Um, no, what happened? For, for those of you who are, who are listening, today is the day uh, that Tumblr announced that on December 17th, they are banning all not safe for work content. Oh my god! Really? That's what Tumblr's for. I I know. And um, uh, Verizon, their parent company, their stock dropped. Like you can see on the stock price chart, where it dropped five points within seconds of that announcement. Oh my god! Yeah. How is is that like? What did some religious person take over? Or what um, so they're claiming that they're audited because everything is machine checked. And by the way, by the time this airs, this is all old news. We realize that, but it's t- literally today's news. news so for me. We'll, we'll see if it, we'll see if it's changed by the time February rolls around. But yeah, no, they're, they're apparently using machine learning to attempt to identify adult content and it's terrible at it. And I don't, so, well, I've noticed that it started popping up with stuff that says this is, you know, 
might be unsafe content. And you look at it and it's like a picture of a shoe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they've gone so far as to say they're banning the display uh, that uh, the display of female presenting nipples is not allowed. Oh, man. And, but, but apparently male presenting nipples are still okay. Um, as, and they're doing this because they can't filter out the child porn. So they're just banning all of it starting in, uh, oh, uh, today's the fifth, so 12 days. So we're going to see basically every, everywhere on the internet today. Sorry to be the first person to break this to you. Not sorry. Um, everywhere is, is basically, well, it's been nice knowing you, Tumblr. Have fun with that. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, what a pain in the ass. I know. Oh, I, know. Well, I wonder what's going to spring up in its stead. Oh, well, maybe it's like, you know, a, a forest giant falls and we get something else. I was so. going to say the, the big place right now for a lot of that sort of thing, uh, when one resource is taken away is a distributed open solution like Mastodon. Um, a couple of Mastodon instances popped up the moment the new... Um, you know, basically anti-sex worker law in the States popped up or, or started to go into effect. And everybody's like, well, we can't use Twitter anymore. We can't use this site or that site. Let's just build our own. And so now there's like literally, um, and here's some not safe for work content, uh, Switter.at. It's being run, I think, out of Australia. Um, but it is like a, a, uh, a Mastodon, the open source Mastodon social network. Um, except it's focused specifically on sex workers. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean it, it, it federates with the rest of the, the Mastodon sort of infrastructure. So like I can, you know, I can see sort of subscribe to things the way I could have on Twitter, you know, just, Oh, I want to follow this person. I want to follow that person, but it's hysterical to watch how like this solution just sort of just went right in and said, well, here's a vacuum that needs filling. And it was, uh, it was, it's being run by two sex workers who are like, no, we, we, we have to support our own community. And it's pretty awesome like that. Mm, okay. Um, so okay, we'll so see what, tum- what happens to replace Tumblr in the next couple uh, days, weeks, months, if they don't rescind it by the time this airs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully that, that does happen because I bloody love Tumblr. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, those are my main habits is just trying to keep on top of stuff like at a week, uh, weekly level and then a daily level um, and checking in uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, partly, I mean, it has kind of fed into that whole reflective pick up my phone type thing. So that's right. something I, you know, try and work on. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's a bit hard because sometimes it is work. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, no. And and that's always sort of the trick is you pick it up. Oh, something's already, you pick it up, you look, oh, it's work. It's three in the morning, but it's work. And you feel morally obligated to respond to it because you saw it. And yeah, yeah. Or yeah. if you see it, yeah, see it early or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so no, that, 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 that's the main sort of habits. Um, uh, the other thing is that, you know, if it's easy, just do it straight away. Uh, when I was... The reason I was considering mm-hmm. taking on that directorship job was I acted in the role for about five months, um, but mm-hmm. we have like quite a big team. There's about 30 of us, and it was um, it was a really good learning experience, but mm-hmm. one of the learnings was that it was um, – there was a lot of stuff like, you know, it would be late on a Friday, and you'd get a call, and like, it's like, no, you've got to, you've got to go and sort this. So yeah. um, I didn't like the um, – the implications for that, you know, with the other stuff I had going on. So, 
uh, that was the reason I didn't didn't take it up. Um, but um, so, but in that, when it was so busy, I learnt that look, you can't afford to sort of sit on things, and mm-hmm. that you know, eighty percent and out there is better than ninety nine percent and not out. So oh no, I agree totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I try not to sit on things at work too much and I try not to sit on things at home too much. Mm. Like if it's easy, just go and do it. Uh, and it does mean that um, it's difficult to relax at home because as with any home, it's kind of filled with invisible corners, which is like just corners where crap and rubble collects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every so often the scales fall from your eyes and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, how can we live like this? Yeah, no, you, you, you have the good view of my office on, on camera right now. <laughs> you, you don't see like the workspace desk with all the old planners and planner pages and crap. And over there, where there's the pile of old computers I really need to recycle someday. And over there's where the Raspberry Pis have all been, you know, the old desk with the back. And no, there's, uh, you get to see the good view, um, on, on video during the interview. I still have to look at all the crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've got a lot of corners where, um, you know, sometimes you fantasize about a fire because it would be easier. But <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's my attic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look at, I look at, I spend a lot of time on Pinterest looking at those tiny house type pictures because just like, look, I know a tiny house would be horrible, but you can only have four shirts. And like three forks, and you know. See, that's that's not the the thing. I'm like, where would I put the cats? I mean, I'm I'm okay with only having three shirts, but I have four cats, and I don't want to give up my four. Where would I put my chickens? Where would I that's put the true. chooks? You know, I, have their tiny house. They're minimalist as. Uh yeah, just I cleaned it out this morning. I know how minimalist they are. About where they do and don't do things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well. And that's the thing, like, with the kids, I mean, the rubble doesn't stop. And it's yeah. not their fault, no. you know. They live in a pretty rubble-centric world, and there's, like, Kinder Surprise eggs and McDonald's toys and, like, birthdays and Christmas. So before them, I try and do a big clean-out, and we will take, like, literally a load of stuff to the dump. And then mm. you come back, and you're like, oh, my God, that was awesome. And the house still looks the same. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm, I'm aware, yeah. and But at least at your house, apparently, you don't have to worry about stepping on a Lego brick at 2 a.m. and a barefoot. Uh, yes, yes, we do. Oh, okay. And unfortunately, um, it's the best combination where they love Lego. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my husband started them building Lego at two. He's going, oh, <laughs> you know, bugger this. there's no Lego juniors. There's no Jupiter. We're just doing Lego. Right. So um, they're pretty good at Lego building, but they also love disaster movies like Godzilla or things where the city is destroyed. Yeah, yeah. And, cool. um, and if we're not paying attention, there'll be like, There'll be like a test destruction run with, you know, a car or a plane. And if we're not on that straight away, they're like, well, clearly this is okay. And like five seconds later, there's this exponential increase in like smash Lego everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we just bought a, a vacuum cleaner with like a really big opening so that, you know. Yeah, just clean clean those up. I, I, I can no longer, I mean, my, my kids haven't had Lego like that in – 10 12 years now and i still just want to climb a wall at the thought of walking through my house barefoot even though i know everything is is swept i'm still so traumatized by stepping on like uh little toy cars and legos in the middle of the night in the dark that i have to put on shoes before i leave my bedroom 
<laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It, it is a fairly memorable uh, experience, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is that, like, I kind of, like, I'm outwardly sympathetic, but inside, when it happens to one of my kids, I'm like, yes! Oh, I, I know, so. right? Yeah. <laughs> now you know how it feels. That's um, right. That's why I told you to pick that up. Yes. So... Through all of that now, do it quickly. If, if it doesn't take long to do, just do it right now, even though that's a trap. Um, how do you decide what to do first in a given day? Um, well, sometimes, you know, have a look at my diary, then have a look at the inbox. inbox. Um, some stuff, you know, it's obviously most urgent first. And then again, if it's um, uh, wet season, that might just be the dictator of what happens. Like, mm-hmm. I think in, you know, one year, um, we had something like 400 slips occur, you know, landslips in, yeah, yeah. in a month. So that was busy. Uh, but even then, it's even then with every, you've got to figure out who does what. And so mm-hmm. at a team level, we'll like divvy up who's going where and call in other resources um, as required. And and again, even then, it's not like we get to jump in our Jager and kind of stride off to. Um, <laughs> smart things you've that got to would go be and, really like, cool if you could i would be like applying for citizenship and to be an it director there <laughs> no I, but I do play the pacific rim soundtrack sometimes but only in my head <laughs> okay um, yeah. <laughs> but even then like you've got to make sure you've got all your field kit ready and you've got to um, book a car and you know then there's like a shit fight to get the good car from mm. work not the, yep. not the terrible one um, so yeah, look, mostly, uh, the, between the diary and the inbox and of course, you know, with whatever's, you know, the priority from my bosses, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but as I said, sometimes a cyclone decides for you. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why I enjoy this work. There's a good mix of inside stuff, um, in the air conditioning. Awesome. <laughs> in summer, it is currently, uh, 30 degrees outside, which I think is 86 or something. Something Fahrenheit. like that, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the week where I had to reschedule, I was in the field and it was 41 degrees, which is 105. Yeah, that's so, not pleasant, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Um, I had to check a lot of things from the car that day in the air conditioning. <laughs> no, it, it, um, not my last job, but the job before uh, I worked on a global distributed team and I've uh, there are a couple guys I know in um, the Sydney area, one in the Melbourne area, uh, a couple in the London area, Germany. And so the first time I think a lot of them heard, well, it's uh, it's about 85 out there. I think like the one one guy who'd never really worked with Americans or, or had the concept of, of Fahrenheit was like, wait, wait, what? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, no, Fahrenheit, hold on. Let me go do math for you. It's still, yeah, they, yeah no, it's, yeah. And they're like, Look, oh. As an engineer, it is the bane of my existence is um, there's the rest of the world and mm-hmm. then there's America. And like figuring out kips and bars and uh, I've got a, my husband's friend calls it furlongs by fortnight. That's the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> There was recently a really good Twitter thread by someone who just discovered about discovered imperial units and was just like, oh. you know, what if it's this? Yeah, I know, I know. It's just never for whatever reason. Even though I was part of that generation where they were trying really hard to get the metric system embedded in us, so we all sort of know it, but we don't use it um, as much. I would much prefer to use it all the time, but 
Um, yeah, I so I'm I'm kind of like halfway. I'm halfway there. Like I would love to be doing that, but I can't actually go to the store and say I need 200 grams of this because they'll all look at me funny. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good thing about apps. Again, is I have a conversion app which mm-hmm. I refer to frequently. Yes, especially yeah. when cooking. Oh yeah. Um, so, all right. So we've gone through all the sort of hard and direct questions. Um, what is the best advice or feedback you've been given? Um, one of the most influential things was something I read when I was, I think I was actually in the first couple of years of university and, Mm -hmm. um, it was one of those books that was, it probably could have been a good long form article, but someone pumped it up into a book, but that's okay. Uh, I was a fun so I sat down and read it, and I can't even remember the author, but it was someone in it. Someone was talking about big law, and they were saying, "Oh, a lawyer came to talk to us while we were in university, and the lawyer had said he was some, from somewhere big lawish. Um, he used the stove analogy, which is imagine your life as a full burner stove. You've got one for work, one for family, one for your health, and one for your friends. If you want to be a good lawyer, you turn off one burner." If you want to be a great lawyer, you turn off two burners. And so I read that and went, fuck that. Right. Um, I, I want all my burners, thank you. Mm-hmm. So that was very influential in me figuring out that I wanted to work for the state government because as a government employee, we have generally a much better work-life balance. We have much better maternity leave provisions. We have got much better like um, flexible work provisions and things like that. Um, it's not easy, necessarily easy or like a given, but um, it's a lot easier than in private, uh, in the private sector where there's much more money. But um, obviously, you know, it's not money for free. You, right. you, are, you, you are trading your time for that money. So, um, so that was really influential to me that I sort of stuck with the state government, and mm-hmm. part of it is um, privilege as well. I mean, um, um, you know. Middle class, my husband's got a stable job. I've got a stable job. So it enables me mm-hmm. to kind of say no to some things and not be financially forced into to making yeah. some of those choices. And, you know, it's not like that for everyone. So um, it means that uh, I've stuck with state government so that I did have the mm-hmm. opportunity to take a year's maternity leave with each child. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have the opportunity to come back and work part-time afterwards. I'm currently trying to renegotiate another year of a four-day working week um, oh yeah uh it's i mean obviously you only get paid for those four days so you take a, a salary cut but um and that day off is not exactly a day off it uh when i when i look at my screen time report the day off is the day i look at my phone least because uh, you're running around doing all the other stuff yeah 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 so um that was sort of this idea that there are a number de- number of domains in your life and you've got a be able to contribute time and energy mm-hmm. to all of them if you want them to thrive. Uh, and so some of them, again, like the whole family thing has meant that things like, you know, exercise and friends did take a bit of a step back. When, oh, yeah. when you get a little, it's really hard. So, mm-hmm. oh, I and I'm trying that. to yeah. those back up now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, so that was one of the biggest things was, you know, figuring out that, um, you know, a balance is good. Not that one ever achieves balance. So, you know, it's really a pendulum. But um, 
I've very much and that's where, and that kind of comes back to that planner pad idea where if you've got a number of things you want to achieve in different domains, then you've got to allocate some time to them in order yeah. to get them done. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, other people like really like working. Like my one of my old bosses who was a, you know he was a good boss to me, but he was one of those guys where. He loved working like 60 hours a week and like on his time off, he would go home and read journal papers about, you know, esoteric geotechnical engineering things. These are, this is just, yeah, this, that he was, he was, it was one of those, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life kind of things, which, you know, all of us basically, when somebody says that, usually they're trying to abuse you. But occasionally there are people who are just like, no, this is my thing. And this is what I find amazingly fascinating. So hey i and i can earn a living doing it right yeah 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 um but i sort of prefer to think of it as well i like to work hard in a number of different areas mm-hmm. and so you know it doesn't mean i'm not working um oh, i'm gonna say like before i did have kids i was like i wonder what i will do all day maybe it's like when you're home with like a little bit of a you know you're a little bit sick but not too sick and it's just sort of boring and quiet <laughs> sorry i'm good <laughs> I know, that's the thing. Well, I mean... Oh, sweet summer child. Um, Exactly. I was such an idiot. And now I'm like, holy crap, I couldn't wait to go back to work after a year. I was like, oh my God, I get to sit down. Nobody's going to scream at me. (laughs) And and, uh, I I don't understand how... And I realize that for some people, this is great for them and whatever. For me, I could never do homeschooling. Oh, holy shit, no. Oh my God. Well, the thing is, and this is one of the, this is the, um, like, I've developed all these tools to try and get a lot of stuff done right. um, and these habits and kind of, right, let's get get this done. Let's just get in there and do it. Mm-hmm. Like when we, I grew up on, um, my parents had a bit of land and it was behind Byron Bay, lovely area, really beautiful. Also overrun with um, horrible weeds that were either spiky or dusty or semi you know, toxic or annoying. And so we used to have to spend a lot of time cutting them down, mm-hmm. dragging them into a heap, and then eventually we'd burn the heap down. This was back in the good old days when <laughs> when you got to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking at recent bushfire issues, I can totally see why they changed those rules. So, um, and the only thing worse than having to spend a summer's, like a hot summer's day, you know, in the garden was doing half a day's work, going back inside, cooling down, having a drink, starting to read your book while you ate lunch, and mm-hmm. then having to put that back down again and go back out and do more work. Right. So I developed this sort of idea of like, look, let's just smash it all out and then we can relax and do nothing. Mm-hmm. The thing is that with kids, that's not how they roll. Oh, no, um, no. They've only got like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes in them and then there's like a lot of lying on the ground wailing. So it's been one of my biggest challenges is sort of accepting what they can and can't do because that's a thing too like mm-hmm. it even though it would be like five million times easier for me to just do this thing for them oh, and yeah, faster yeah. Uh, and sometimes we do but other times i'm like well okay they've got to learn how to do this um and and the only way out is through so that's been one of the big challenges just trying to teach my kids how to do things and it's one of the things where as a parent I fall down most is because I'm like okay I already asked you three times nicely and um the nice has run out I I, since I control the internet um at this point and by the way my of course my youngest now is 17 
So he's reached the communicates largely in grunts and wants to spend as much time like, and he's got a pretty, because of the school he's in, he's got a pretty heavy workload. Um, so he spends a lot of time doing his homework and then talking to his friends online or whatever. Um, but you know, it's just like, as long as there's food in the fridge and he acknowledges that he's breathing every so often, everybody's cool. Uh, so there's a time of lower maintenance coming. There's a time of <laughs> well, learning that's coming, yeah. And, and I mean, and the thing is, that, like, I think little kids are true chaotic neutrals. Like, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I had recently cancelled was because we unfortunately had gastro go through the family. Oh, and God, it's, yeah. it started with the kids, then they got better really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I succumbed just in time for my husband to have left for a conference. He... He had said, no, no, I'm better. I'm better. I can go to the conference. It turns out he was not better. So he, <laughs> yeah. It consisted of a lot of hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was home with the kids and also not unwell. And luckily, they're old enough. I was like, look, just turn Minecraft on. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be I will be with the holy trinity of the uh, bed, bucket, and bathroom. Yep. And you guys be with the Minecraft. Here's the snack box. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like – and." In some ways, they were lovely. Like, you know, they brought me a cold drink and one of them, you know, found an ice block from the freezer and brought me it, <laughs> etc. And it was it was really sweet. But then on the on the, the other side, I found that at some stage, someone had emptied over a litre of bath gel in the bathroom. Oh. Because um, we had just gone to Costco um, oh. and gone, oh, this will last for ages. It lasted for one day. But um, so, again, like it's it's – it's, you know, both sides, like, lovely, but also... Um, oh, yeah. Did you guys watch um, Avatar The Last Airbender? I, I have, yes, yes. Uh, oh, I, haven't, a... I haven't seen the second... I, I never saw Legend of Korra, but I have seen the original, like, the, the all the seasons. Uh, yeah. Zuko and... Oh, God. Yeah, and the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, and, well, Korra is really good, too. This is, the, this is the best time to have had kids because there's all these great shows coming out. Um, Jesus, the cartoons when we were growing up were just terrible in comparison. No, uh, um, oh, no, no. Well, okay, so maybe there, but, I mean, I'm looking at it, and, like, when I was growing up, we had Thunder and the Barbarian, which was bad, but in a really weird, hard sci-fi way, post-apocalyptic way. Um, <clears throat> but we also, like... About the time I was in middle school is when uh, Thundercats and G.I. Joe and all of these what are now like seminal things, you know, She-Ra, which just got a relaunch oh, on Netflix, yeah. which is brilliant. Um, oh, yes. we, we just, yeah. We've just watched She-Ra. so good. The yeah. new She-Ra. Yes. But when my kids were really Voltron's little. Voltron's good too. I haven't watched Voltron yet. And, and yeah, that was the thing. We started to get all the, the, the anime when it was still Japanimation because, you know, we had uh, uh, G-Force and Voltron, the both series and you know all this stuff coming over oh my god speed racer was new um but when my kids were really little was about the time we had um Rocco's modern life was coming out rugrats um uh, uh, yep, yep. yeah all the blues clues so much blues clues i don't i don't even know if that's still going um but uh, i think invader zim came out about the same time uh which is this absolutely brilliant dark but ridiculous comedy from the guy who did uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Um, Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Laboratory came out about that time. Right? Uh, yes. Are they, are they doing a reboot of Powerpuff Girls too? I don't know if they are. Um, yeah. But, but uh. I mean, so, so I think every, 
every decade or every generation has something like that. Um, and and well, we, we sort of look back and go, ours were kind of rubbish. But then, like, we were rewatching, I think, um, I think Boomerang was playing, like, the old Hanna-Barbera stuff with the Herculoids and the original Space Ghost before they mocked him mercilessly. And we're like, this is not... Yeah, this is kind of bad. But then you see something like... Um, yeah, something comes up like the really old Super Friends or, oh god, the 90s Batman the Animated Series with its whole Art Deco theme and coloring. And, I mean, you know, and you're looking at going, wow, there was some really good stuff there, too. Yeah, see, when we were growing up, Australia only had, like, three channels, maybe, when yeah. where I was growing up. And, yep. like, if you missed and, – and also it was a really weird mix, like, the ABC – which was our national broadcaster, mm -hmm. had this weird mix of cartoons, which were, I mean, there was Inspector Gadget and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But they also had, they bought the Adventures of the Monkey King, which was amazing. It was this, like, yeah. Chinese, yeah, that was great. Uh, and then there was MASH. It was just this really weird mix. And if you missed it, I mean, because there was no Netflix or recording mm -hmm. anything. So if you missed it or if there was something else that the grown-up wanted to watch, then, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that would be like, you know, you might have seen like one episode of She-Ra or, and if you missed it, that was it. You know, our children will never know the horror of missing the finale. Yeah. Or yeah. Especially now with the binge where you can just, okay, we're going to, we're going to take a break for today and then we'll watch the rest of it tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, no. That's right. Yeah. No, we had three channels. Four. Four. Because we had the public broadcasting too. But yeah. Yes. But um, anyway, before mm -hmm. I diverged into kids TV, mm -hmm. the reason I was talking about Avatar was like. Children are the thing that will drive me into an avatar state of rage. Um, <laughs> like the bath gel was one incident, mm -hmm. and there's been others where you know you kind of ascend to a higher plane. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, and so that's been another thing that I had not anticipated is the um, it's like, but I explained how to do it. I explained mm -hmm. why we should do that. I, but, I had a discussion with Ursula a couple of years ago because she was trying to explain why and how to do something and it was just frustrating her and, and you could tell the kids were tuning out right and i finally just walked in and, and was like you do x now and they're like okay and they went and did it and she's like mm -hmm. why i'm like you're you're they are not ready for the explanation they're not ready for the whys and the hows they just want direct instructions mm -hmm. right yes yeah. yeah. Um, although she she knew we knew that the time had come when she wrote on it, if you eat this pie, I will you know condemn your soul to a to an eternity of torment um, on on a note, and they didn't touch the pie. So you know now they're starting that then then actions and consequences had had started to combine. I think at that point. <laughs> yes, yes, but it's weird. It's like definitely a nonlinear process, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of weird um, skipping, and they have things like. Um, and I suppose it's with same with adults too. Um, we're just kind of better at hiding it. Is everyone's got a certain amount of like a budget for executive function, like spoon theory? Oh no, no, and, there's there's a whole article on on that. Yeah, no, that that yeah. uh, focus and attention. Um, you you have is exactly the same as the spoon theory uh, with effort. Everybody has a limited amount of focus that they can put yeah. into things. Yeah, and the same with like decision fatigue. So mm -hmm. that's why you know. Um, 
if you can, you're privileged enough to afford to like just set some things to default, like right, this is the brand of stuff we buy, and that way all your groceries is kind of done. Yep. Then that frees up your your brain for other stuff. But um, it's the same with kids. You know, they've just you know if they've used up all their all their um, you know oh. complying doing <laughs> tedious things at school, yes. then there's none left at home. There's just the demon. Yeah, they they um yeah, there that was one of the things and but it still applies to adults and and your work and things is um you have to you have to stop and take breaks because otherwise you if you use up all your focus like pushing through one task then you won't be able to function in that meeting later or making dinner becomes just this huge obstacle because even adults we have limited amount of focus that we can work with um, or discipline as it were. Like if I have to sit in a meeting for more than 45 minutes as a, I am a, a participant who's just here to take notes and check off the box that I attended the meeting. I'm going to check out after 15 minutes because I don't need to focus. Right. Mm. Um, and that way I'm not expending the focus, but if I'm expected to participate, that's an hour that I'm going to have to, you know, we're, I'm going to have focus or decision fatigue later because I have to be much more engaged with it. Um, I don't know. I probably, yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. No, no, a hundred percent. I mean, um, you know what you spend now, you can't spend later. Right. 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 Yeah. So, um, and it's even the same with, uh, not, not just even at a day level, but, um, I'm coming off the tail end of a very busy four months between work and we had some travel, but, Mm-hmm. While it was a holiday, I was also spending that time doing an assignment for uni, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, more work stuff, and then exams came up, and then more work stuff, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's a it's a sort of thing where like all that finishes, and then your body goes right, you can get sick now, yep. you know, and then you, you just kind of you spend a few weeks where you go from kind of like ninety percent billable hours to about, you know, sixty percent because you just. Mm-hmm. You're flat. Yeah. So you've hit that point and your body just says, all right, time out. Time out. Yep. yep. Yeah. So. All right. All right. So now thinking of decision fatigue, um, the next two questions, the last two questions, uh, I've started asking people which one, what order they want them in. I'm sure by this time next year, that's just going to be the default. So do you want the easy but unhappy question first, or do you want the hard, difficult, but pleasant question first? Um, well, I'll go the hard, difficult because it's not actually that difficult to me because I'm, I'm basic. I just go and buy shit when I've, if I, if I, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is how you, I'm like, Hey, that was good. <laughs> how do you celebrate success? Retail therapy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's terrible. I'm in capitalism at work. Oh, yeah. Um, it's when I again when I was acting, it was. I mean, I got extra pay for that, which was great. Mm-hmm. But I spent all that pay because I was like, I have worked so hard this week that I deserve this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So I actually make any money, but I did get some good stuff out of it. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, all right. So other side of the coin. Um, how do you deal with missing goals or or just flat out failure? Well, as I said, it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, 
at home, I mean, you know, the main failure is like losing your temper with kids because mm-hmm. of the things we've already talked about. And so for that one, I mean, you've got to start with an apology mm-hmm. and try to remove the term but from the apology because that's not an apology then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, acknowledge, try and say how we'll do it differently next time. Um, and, but I mean, so that's that's the first thing is an apology. Of course, on a professional level, we fail in the sense that a lot of our stuff, we make a judgment based on a visual assessment and experience and engineering judgment, and sometimes that wrong. So, for example, one of the things that we do to manage um, a landslide risk or a rockfall risk is there might be a whole area of like boulders or blocks that look really unstable. You go, okay, right, they've got big open joints or there's clay infill or there's, mm-hmm. there's seepage. So we've got to pull those down. That's a risk. And you'd be like, okay, we've got to get that down. That's, you know, definitely a big rockfall risk. We've got to deal with that. And then when it comes to construction, you'll have like a 20-ton excavator wailing on it and it's not moving. So <laughs> you're like, well, great. Now that we've touched it, we have to take it down because right. we've touched it and made it worse and we can't just go away now. So, you know, so lots of times there are uh, – there's a lot of times where things – sorry, I have to pause to blow my nose. Yeah. Yeah, so lots of times we get things wrong. So mm-hmm. some of it is um, <clears throat> not just an apology, but we have backup plans. So oh, yeah. I've done this enough times that I'm like, okay, this should only take a day, but I want two days. I want a full road closure for two days, um, you know, which is, again, something we have to negotiate with our client – with the, our districts um, who actually operate the road network because nobody likes closing a road. Um, and, yeah, so um, – Explaining is one thing. Mm-hmm. What you know, figuring out what happened and why. Explaining, keeping everyone in the loop, mm-hmm. uh, apologising, and having a backup plan. That's more in like a professional sense. The other thing that happens is it gets added to my three AM montage of all the times I fucked up in my life. Oh, um, I, yes, I, I have drugs to help with that. Yeah. Um, so that's always a good one to add. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, what I kind of tell my kids is like. When they get in trouble for something, mm-hmm. I say, well, look, that bad feeling, that badness you feel is like, that helps you remember not to do it next time. So feeling bad is, mm-hmm. it's like when you burn your, burn yourself, that teaches you to do, not touch hot things. Yep. Um, it teaches you not to do that thing again. So it's good up to a point, but then past that point, it just becomes a shame spiral mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. becomes un... Un, um, unproductive and so up to a point like I kind of try and think about what happened what was the circle of control what are the bits that I can fix for next time what are right. the bits that are just you know someone was having a bad day or that person you know has radically different goals to me or different priorities mm-hmm. um, and then there's I used to just distract when I was a lot younger I used to um, dive immediately into distraction to you know, distract a bad feeling with, you know, I don't know, going and reading your favourite book or um, going and doing, you know, watching a movie, you know, getting yourself away. But now I have to kind of go through that process first at to the point where if I feel I'm becoming unproductively shame spirally um, and not achieving anything, that's when you get to distract yourself and go, okay, yeah. right, let's go to something else. Let's go, you know, let's take take a sleeping pill so we can get some sleep and mm-hmm. we'll sort this out in the morning. Um because that's, again, you know, courtesy of, I think, both um, 
the sleep distractions that kids get bring and I think my family has a, is prone to insomnia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that, that gets that in there. So, you know, sometimes I do take a sleep aid because, you know, not oh. sleeping does not help anything. <laughs> yeah, no, mine mine was much more much more severe. I, I suffered, and I've talked about this in the past, of course. Uh, I suffered severe uh, burnout uh, with a job. Oh, that's been almost uh, 13, 14 years ago now. But when you break your brain like that, when your brain, in my case, my brain stopped being able to understand um that it wasn't always under pressure, that it wasn't always in, in go, go, go. I worked sales for a couple of years as a sales engineer, but I'm not suited for that kind of pressure, pressure, pressure. And so when I lost the job, my brain was like, well, we need to have pressure, right? And so I never got out of that cycle. And so for me, it became, you know, just important to have chemical balance restored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, had, yeah. I did read some really good analogy somewhere. I was mm-hmm. talking about, Two different sorts of anxiety. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like solid state anxiety, which is a thing like a test or a mm-hmm. meeting or a presentation or a performance review. And once that's over with, you return to normal. Mm-hmm. And other time it's like fluid anxiety and all the anxiety does, it just goes and falls into whatever container is available. So if you're yep. not anxious about those things, then it'll find something else for you to be anxious about. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And and so I'm I'm one of those proponents of, you know, okay, better living through chemistry. I will have my – and I've – Obviously, I've talked about this in the past. You know, I will, you will, you will take my my antidepressant, my Zoloft out of my cold dead hands. Um, not literally, guys, figuratively, figuratively. Um, but uh, uh, because otherwise, if if I'm off of it for too long, I'll start to fall into those same patterns. My brain goes, "Oh yeah, I remember how this is supposed to work without this helper." Let's go into the you know and you know and if I'm edging up on burnout, sometimes it's the because I've edged up on it at least three times in the past 10 years. Um, and the only difference between falling over that edge and losing my shit again and, uh, and um, you know, being able to cope and get through it, I think in some cases has been chemical help. Right. Yeah. Because that's, well, that, that's, that's the thing. Like that's the, what comes with age is like, you can see that failure looming and you oh, can, yeah pull back from the edge and go, oh, shit, wait, wait, wait. Like with, you know, I can see that I'm starting to get really, like I'm getting really close to yelling at the kids. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to remove yourself from the situation or this does not always work. Um, yeah. I'm not always successful in doing that. But, um, yeah, if you can see something go bad, sometimes what you've all you've got is to make it less bad, is you've got the least bad of a, mm-hmm. a series of options. Um but, uh, yeah, like recognizing when something's starting to, you know, and starting to then apply all your um, risk management measures, mm-hmm. um, that's that's exactly it. And that's one of the reasons why I try and get ahead of things is so that we've got buffer. So oh, yeah. we're, all, we're all up to date on certain things at home. We we're all up to date. We've got, you know, I've got some easy meal things sorted. I haven't played all my easy trump cards when things are easy, I save them for when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we can just go, right, we're having McDonald's for dinner without, mm-hmm. you know, or, yes, just you can eat cookies for a snack instead of fruit because I haven't had time to cut fruit up today. Yeah. I went, holy shit, the snacks. Oh, God. The snacks, and they're not even big yet. So much so much food. And, and they, they, there comes a time when they can prepare their own within, within reason, so you will not be slicing fruit all the time. And... Um, 
honestly, uh, there are days when it's just like, here is the one gallon carton of, of goldfish crackers. Have at it. Right. As, as you know, as, as Jacob has gotten older, his, and, and his brother before him, his taste changed. Um, there was a period for about two years, I think, where the primary staple of my oldest son's diet was microwave popcorn. Well, there you go. At yeah. least, you know, it's fiber. But yeah, no, and but and it was self-serve. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to make sure we had, a, for the week he was going to be here, I had to make sure we had 25 or more packets of microwave popcorn. Like, <laughs> cases of microwave popcorn. Um, you know, Jacob, my younger, is a different set of of those sorts of things, but they get to a point where self-serve is an option and you don't have to put all of that into it. It's great. <laughs> I can't wait because at the moment self-serve is like, well, I know where the lollies are kept. And we're like, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember that one too. I remember that one too. Yeah. So um, that's all the questions. All right. Um, Do you have anything else you want to, you want to share with the, with the listeners? Cause you've been awesome. This has been great. I hope we haven't bored them with the parenting talk. (laughs) Um, Well, the thing is though, and again, that's why I had no idea going into it. Because mm-hmm. it's not like, and that's one of the things that, um, again, it's part of that cultural, you know, that's Western culture these days. Yeah. Just, it's that a lot of your um, female interviewees with kids will mm-hmm. mention kid work or, right, mm-hmm. I have to stop and go and pick someone up or, you know, or yeah. have this ready. But a lot of your male interviewees with kids, either their kids are older or it's just not something that they consider work or it sort of doesn't get talked about as, oh, I have to make sure that X, Y, and Z happens. Oh, yeah. Um, so either it's outsourced or mm-hmm. – um, and, you know, and it's, it's you know, no reflection on them because, Jesus, I don't want Chuck Wendy to come and kill me through the internet. Um, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, but, Chuck wouldn't come kill you through the internet. He'd send the ants for that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, you know, a lot of people will, will – they kind of men- mention their kids in mm-hmm. passing and I always have, like, a little record scratch because there's, like, a lot of work. And, oh, yeah. and that's the sort of thing. Like, so either somebody else is doing that work and that's, that's like, the model that a lot of people follow because, mm-hmm. again, it's that social and cultural environment we live in where it encourages specialization. Um, but, you know, but then you get the – case where some people have to juggle it more so than others and um you know and that's the sort of thing where because it's not talked about so much until you're kind of in those years um you're like holy shit um i had no idea yeah Uh, so you know it's 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 not i mean and it's one of those things where i think that expectation management helps enjoy Mm -hmm. the process a lot better not that there's anything to enjoy about sleep deprivation ever and that first that first come home sick from the the daycare or the preschool or whatever that is um that is a learning experience that's right and then, yeah. and as an adult where you're like wait a minute i'm the one in charge yeah <laughs> i will i will never forget the first time uh my oldest was home sick from the from the daycare as a toddler and he could actually express what was going on and he sort of toddled up to me and he, he was standing next to me and I look at him I said are, are you okay he sort of grunted out something the equivalent of, don't feel good and vomited right in my lap and I'm yes. like yeah okay you don't feel good I got that now I got that now yeah um, yep. Yep. Yeah. um so everybody and- gets a bath now 
That's right. Yep. Yes, it's time for the washing machine to yeah. go on and not stop for the next 12 hours. Yes. Uh, it- let me re- remind myself to put a content warning on this. Uh, more more so than our usual. Well, again, like that's the thing. Like People don't talk about it. You're like, wow, there's a lot of bodily fluids involved that I had not anticipated, that I thought I'd moved past. Oh, it's I like, know. Of course, we were ill when we were traveling or when we were young, but this was like the illness without the travel or the parties beforehand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, hey, so sorry, there's a possum that visits outside my, my window to eat the leftover chicken oh my God, food. I saw, I saw a picture of an American possum. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's like a hell version of a real possum. Our possums are really cute and fuzzy. But cute and fuzzy. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's got like really pointy teeth and like really. He was he was out earlier when I went to put away the chickens or make sure the chickens had gone away on their own, and uh, and I mean yeah, it, it's cat sized, but it. I'm like, why are you up here? And it looked at me and I'm like, there's food. I'm like, you know, you should really leave. It's like okay, and it sort of waddled slowly off. They're not aggressive. They're really not. Uh. Right, it's it's not like in Australia the only animal I believe that isn't trying to kill you is a quokka, and I think that's only because they're not big enough. Um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, we've had we've had guys on um, one of the jobs we do is scaling, where you go up on a cliff face mm-hmm. and you wang rocks with a crowbar to make <laughs> them fall down before right. they fall down. Yeah. Um, you know, not at a time of your choosing, and you know they'll they'll. The scorpions, uh, yeah. spiders. Yeah. Um, they put their crowbar in and pulled it out with like a, um, I don't know, meter and a half long snake on it. Mm-hmm. And they go, it's okay, it's winter. It was sleeping. They just like gently tip it down to another yeah. part. Yeah. So, um, oh, but oh, I mean, again, that's there he is now. Yeah, just out there eating the leftovers from the chickens this morning. And if I go out, he'll just be like, oh, okay, I guess I need to run away now. They're not aggressive. Ample. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our only marsupial, and it is it is uh, it is just like yeah, okay, I'll leave now. <laughs> what ebbs? Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. Uh, actually, when you were speaking of content warnings, mm-hmm. um, I remember in the earlier uh, episodes you would say, okay, look, we don't have any adult content, and that's one of the terrible things about growing up is that you realise that a lot of adulthood is like deferred gratification. <laughs> Yes. And, like, the adult part is actually stuff like doing laundry and paying bills and doing work oh. to earn money to pay bills. And it's not, like, sort of the endless, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll that had hitherto been advertised to you as. That is that is the warning we give for uh, for Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, our, X, our R-rated podcast where we drink heavily and eat bad food. It's also where we discovered the joy that is Tim Tam shipped directly from Australia, not just what we can get at the Target here. Um, but that be that, that that's a side note. But one of our warnings is yes, this is this is a podcast by adults for adults, and that means that we're probably not going to talk about naughty things, but we're going to talk about things like taxes and prostate exams. Exactly. (laughs) It's not the exciting kind of adulting. We're just going to be really drunk and swear a lot while we talk about it. I mean, I did enjoy KUEC, but I would mm. listen to it when I was driving, and it would just make me actively angry that I did not have those snacks. <laughs> and terrible. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, But the care so, packages yeah. we get from there where it's like, oh, my, what do you mean you can get these things and other – why can't we get these here? So, so, so there's some back and forth on that too. Like you guys get all the new Arnott stuff first. 
Yes. Sometimes yes. Uh, you only get there are things from Arnott's that only you get and we never get to see. Uh, but I mean, like, again, you know how when you read fantasy and sci-fi novels, mm-hmm. um, you get used to reading into a second world. Right. Sometimes, you know, growing up in Australia and reading books that were either set in America or set in England, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of classic children's literature oh, yeah. that's set in England. And I was God, like, yeah. what the fuck is a hedgerow? Um, you know, <laughs> what, right. what is a primrose? Yeah, you know, there's a, yeah. the whole landscape thing where where I built up this model in my head and then you'd see it really you're like, wow, oh, okay. That's, uh, that's not what that looks like. And it's the same with American snack food too. Like um, a lot of references, I mean, one becomes fairly, you know, through movies and through eventually reading, you work out what's going on. But right. for a while, there was a lot of like, you know, question mark, question mark. Yeah. No, no, no. I understand that. Um, and it, it, this is about the time of year where I think about uh, the Southern Hemisphere, specifically around, you know, oh, all the Christmas stuff is coming. And so much of Christmas is around the whole concept of the white Christmas, the Christmas at snow, with snow. And I know they're like my Australian coworkers would be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, it's, Christmas is the beach. Yeah, we're going to the beach, and it's thirty-five out. I don't know why you're you're bundling up and talking about snow, right? Yes, I mean in Australia, you talk about going to the snow. It's a destination. Right. There's like a couple of places where it will snow in winter, and so you go to the snow. You go to the snow. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I've seen snow once in my life in Australia, which was on a trip. So, you know, and my kids will probably again see snow once in their life. If we go somewhere specifically where it will snow, it gets to – we bust out our jackets when it's about 20 degrees Celsius. We're like, holy shit, it's cold. Quick, get the Ugg boots. Get the slippers. <laughs> okay. That's the other thing that I had no idea until I went looking. They make Uggs for men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Viking style Uggs. They're awesome. Yeah. No, I had to order some in special, and I think – Oh, oh, here's Ursula now to, to remind me that after I'm done with the interview, I have to cook dinner. And so we can't just talk about the wonderful things that Australia gets that we don't and vice versa. But um, but that I, I have to go cook dinner at some point. So uh, No, no, well, I, I was pretty much finished. Uh, I think okay. the only thing that I would recommend is mm-hmm. if you do come to Australia, mm-hmm. there are plenty of good bird watching opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, there's some... Uh, I got my dad, my dad's a keen bird watcher, and I got him to send me his list. And there's good stuff, Willy Wagtails, a bird called the Spangled Drongo. Oh, yeah. Um, a, a cassowary, hopefully from a distance. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully from a distance. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's, do- it's, we'll, we'll, we will actually be at least, um, we're planning on extending uh, Worldcon in New Zealand to come over to Australia proper. Um ah. Excellent plan. Yeah. you will be over jet lag in twenty twenty. Yeah, yep. exactly, exactly. So we want to we we because we have to see we have to see both wombats and quokkas in their natural habitat. And oh yes, of course, there are all the birds to see as well. Yeah. So yeah. what time what time of year is that? Oh, it's going to be bloody cold. It's in August. At least it, it's uh, generally yeah. in August. So I I don't know yet. So yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be cool. Um, if you do come come up to a place called the scenic rim. Um, there's a place called Lamington National Park. It'll be cold there, like, mm-hmm. but it'll be Australian cold. It won't snow. It'll just be cold. Um, and 
Lamington National Park actually do a lot of work there because it's in one of our mountain areas, but it's all national park and lovely bird watching, lovely oh. cabins in the mountains looking over um, the hinterland, uh, very pretty part of the world. Well, then I'm adding it to the list and uh, we'll see what, what happens when we finally get to that side of the planet. Yes. Well, yes. I recommend it. Yes. I, I, I want to go so bad. I'm, I'm so excited. So, uh, Mira, thank you so much. No, it was, it's been great. Yeah, no, and um, hopefully we'll be able to talk again uh, in the future. And uh, this has just been fantastic. Um, and uh, for the people listening at home, we will be right back. And we are back. So I got yelled at. I mean, not for the entire time the interview is going on. Good God, no! But I, I you know, when we when we do this, it's actually you know, we I, I do the interviews, I reconvert them, I put them all together in the in the files and things, so that when we're actually recording, it's like, yeah, now while Ursula's getting a glass of wine, I'm scrolling to the end and making sure everything's positioned so that it, there's less work later. In this particular case... I did not yell. You were... You, okay, you mumbled. You mumbled angrily at me. Grumpily. Grumpily. Yeah. And and she was... Possibly she, with the phrase, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, that's the that's sort of the whole point, is that you, you, you brought up a valid point, and that is that if you're going to be on here, I should make sure to check in with you. You're not just color commentary. You're a valued member of the team. Oh, and- don't say I'm a valued member of the team. <laughs> when we say that in D&D to any NPC, they're going to die. Like, we say you're a valued member of the team, hand them some trail rations, and leave them to the dark I'm not, god. I'm not giving you trail rations. It's fine. Oh, God, now I'm going to be devoured by the dark god while I'm hungry. No. <laughs> no, my my grumble was if you're gonna ha- at least ask me about my day, so I yes, don't have to volunteer the info. Your week, yes, yes, or my week, yes, yeah, and 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 it's a valid thing, and I'm sorry. No, that's okay, and but- I'm also hypersensitive about it because I uh, was married to a dude who, in 13 years, never once asked me how my day was. And yeah, I would say, "How yeah. was your day?" And I would wait for it. He would tell me, and I'd wait for him to reciprocate, and then he would go get high. Okay, yeah. So, now, you um, have to admit, I ask how it went every when you come home. Every time. No, you're very good about that. You are generally very good about yeah. checking in, yes. Unless so. I'm literally, like, in here with the doors closed in the middle of something. In which case, I don't expect, which is, it's not like I'm checking in with you either. Yeah, so. yeah. Sure. I'm just like, yeah, Kevin's head down in the thing. Yeah. So, thinking of things... All right, that was that was conflict resolution. That was. I feel we did that well. Was, Dino is going to be so happy with us. I, I hope so. Yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> I hope we did not make any listeners uncomfortable if it sounded like us fighting, because that was not actually fighting. That was no. two no. of us, you know, coming to a, a mutual... A mutual understanding. Understanding, yes, of things that are important to me and why they are important and why I may be oversensitive about it, but nevertheless. Yes. Yes. So, thing... 
Yeah. Okay. So, uh, do we have a code? We do. All Thank right. you. That was what I was. That was that was what was grumbling through my brain because I just. I'm remember- still on the public urinator. <laughs> That's okay. I just realized, and for those of you who are listening at home, you already heard the warning. I'm gonna have to go back and re-record because I forgot to put it in there. What's that? I made a note in my notes here to add a content warning that there was um, some discussion of parenting and bodily fluids. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and so I need to go back and add that. So those of you who are listening now know that I went back and added it. Through the magic of editing. That's right. But that has nothing to do with our code. Oh, so our code isn't about bodily fluids? No, our code is is, uh, sinkhole. Oh, that's fair. Because that's something Mira has to deal with, right? Uh, in, In the wilderness of Australia, these things happen. They happen in Florida. Well, they do. And it's one of the things she has to deal with. So... If you're wondering about the codes, your first time listening or something like that, and I know there are those of you out there who are just hitting the skip 10 seconds until I'm done because you're already obsessive about the codes or you're sick as shit of hearing about them. One of the two. Yeah. But at least we don't have ads from like uh, Blue Apron or, you know, a mattress, a mattress company. Mattress company, yeah. Um, Incidentally, if either Blue Apron or the mattress company would like to give us money, Kevin will take your money. If Blue Apron or the mattress company wants to give us money not to carry adverti- their advertising on any of our podcasts, I will gladly take their money. Wait. Uh, <laughs> give us money or we'll talk about you on Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap. Yeah. You don't want that. No. No one wants that. Well, I know. Yeah, well, some people like it. But <laughs> All right. Carry on. Yes. Being, yes. All right. So we issue open badges here. These are little badges with metadata that tell you where they were earned. And they're issued by schools and by all kinds of fun people out there, museums, educational organizations. There are newsletters that issue them, and there's uh, a couple co-ops out there all about issuing badges, and I think they're a great they're great fun. So you go to the web page at productivityalchemy.com. You scroll to the bottom, and there should be a box, and you just enter sinkhole right there in that box, and it will give you the badge after – if you're a first-time listener and you're doing this for the first time, it will also require you to register – that's so that we can make sure, you know, I, I kind of track just how many badges I've issued and things like that. Plus, I don't want to maintain all the infrastructure, and so there's a third party that, that helps with that. Anyway, the point being, you'll register, you'll get your badge for this episode just by typing in the word sinkhole, and you'll also get the first time whatever badge, the, the, the f- new account badge. There's an account for making a new account. So there's that. If you would like to support us in... My God, this is a two-hour episode. If you would like to support our increasingly lengthy ramblings and interviews... Uh, and let's be honest, they're all Kevin's interviews. Yeah, last last week work. was short. Last week was like 45 minutes. All right. Anyway, the point is, Kevin does all the work. I just sit here <laughs> providing color commentary and then graping. Uh, but... I mean, really, my color commentary. Oh, is, no, your A-game right there. Yeah, on uh, point. You can give us money. You can give Kevin money, or you can give us money. If you go to Patreon to Ursula V, that's Red Wombat Studios, various offerings of which this is one. You are supporting all of the podcasts. You are, you are buying the, helping buy the terrible foods. You are paying for some of those hideously expensive medications, which oh, yeah. are frequently not covered by mm-hmm. the insurance we were complaining about earlier. And oh my God, Trigenta and Dexalent are expensive. Um, if uh, you want to not use Patreon because you're a little weirded out by them. They did something shady this week that I'll talk about oh, at some point. God, yeah, no. Uh, then 
Kofi. So far, Kofi, has not yeah. done anything signally evil. I believe that is ko-fi.com. Yes, it is. And that would tell them what that would be under. So uh, it's under K-S-O-N-N-E-Y-K-Sunny. Yes. And you can buy me a coffee, basically. And I believe there is there even a gold level where you can buy a coffee every month? There is, in fact, a gold level where you can buy a coffee every month. And no matter whether you buy one coffee or you buy a monthly coffee for me, I there is a bought me a coffee badge, and you get the code only by supporting us on coffee. And now I'm just immediately thinking of those old ads. Uh, for the cost of one cup of coffee a day, <laughs> you can... Um, uh, I think that one was for starving children. There's also one for sad dogs, yeah. and, uh, and probably another one. Um, yes, so for less than the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can support a starving podcaster. I don't think I'm starving. <laughs> no, but Cause Cause as we long have to as... get Sarah McLaughlin music in here now. No. All right. I, I'm, yeah, no. And anyway, as long as you need me to cook, I'm not starving. Uh, no, that's true. No. So that's that's pretty much the, the sum of it. Remember that this podcast and all of our podcasts are free for you guys to listen to. We are supported primarily by listeners in all cases. This particular podcast also is released under the Creative Commons licensing so remix share like make sure you keep the credits that's all listed on the page and what patreon and coffee allows to do is keep it free and i love that yep so that's everything from us and uh, i guess we will talk to you guys next week i'm gonna go play no man's sky go play no man's sky and for everybody else stay productive no man's sky is totally productive i'm sure it is that was a lie <laughs>